When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, yeah, some breaking news. Uh, Police have arrested a guy in Washington, D.C., an armed man who was looking to kill Justice Kavanaugh. This happened not too long ago, an armed nut job looking to kill Justice Kavanaugh. What set him off most recently was the um, the leak of that Roe v. Wade uh, position. You know, it looks like they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. This guy's very upset about that. So are you know, a lot of liberals in this country, a lot of people mad. And this guy was uh, so mad that he wanted to kill Justice Kavanaugh. Well, that is a big fat crime, of course. And I'm glad they got the guy. He's in custody now. Interesting. Um, look, I accept I don't like it, but I accept it. There's a certain number of nut jobs in the world, and uh, they're going to be who knows what's going to set them off. And from time to time, unfortunately, you know, you, you see things like this. Uh, we got security. We got law enforcement. They they stop these kinds of things from happening, hopefully. And uh, and that's good. Now, however, can you imagine right now? Because I'm looking at all the channels here and uh, ain't no one talking about it. But uh, Newsmax and Fox. How about that? Huh? Hmm? MSNBC, not a mention. Is CNN? No. Uh, New York Times website. Let's see what we have here. Uh, oh, all us excited about tomorrow's January 6th hearings. Yeah. Um, Uvalde shooting? Uh, no, I, this is a pretty big deal. An assassination plot foiled against a sitting United States Supreme Court justice? Why didn't I see any news about it? Well, because it's a left-wing lunatic who wanted to do violence, right? Now, if it were, say, a plot against, uh, I don't know, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, huh? the newest, wokest, uh, leftist uh, justice, huh? Or uh, who was the other one? Uh, Sotomayor, Hispanic justice from the Bronx, right? Oh, boy. You know what we'd be talking about right now? The white supremacy that drove this individual to it. Oh, it's white supremacy. It's Trump. It's all those Trump supporters. It's all those January Sixers. Yeah, but we're not having that conversation. And you know what? I don't think we necessarily... <laughs> that conversation would have been stupid. And I actually think it would be stupid to blame this uh, Kavanaugh plot on on conservatives or left-wing or whatever. I mean, he's nuts! Period. They're crazy people out there. They're going to be a certain number of them, and they're going to react to events that most of us can process normally and do something off the wall crazy. Okay? But, again, when it's a right-wing nut, they try to say this is somehow uh, the reaction to he was prompted by Trump. He was prompted by all of us. Prompted, yes. And then we must curtail the speech that would have prompted somebody like this. You see how outrageously stupid and dangerous that is, right? You know, should I should I be upset about all the language that they used criticizing Justice Thomas, Kavanaugh, others, the 
the pro-abortion forces who came out, did they stir this guy up? I could make that case, but I won't. You know why? Because I'm a reasonable person. I'm a reasonable person. I'm not going to blame them. I mean, that's, that's an impassioned opinion. I happen to disagree with it, but you can be passionate about it. And unfortunately, 0.00001% of the time, there's going to be some nut job who takes it one step too far. Or in this case, uh, light years too far. It just happens. It's bad, but it happens. Aren't I reasonable? I think I'm very reasonable. Some people were, hey, I don't want to toot my own political horn here, but, 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 pretty soon I'm going to have to stop, by the way, because I think they may have rules against this somewhere. But I'm not actively, hey, I have no plans to run for mayor. But people are coming up to me all the time. Greg, you should do it. Greg, this Adams is a joke. Greg, everybody's afraid to talk about the issues except you. And I'm like, you think, huh? And I'm listening. I'm trying to see if anybody else is taking him on. Anybody else. No. No. And there's so much to talk about. Hey, I saw him. He's Where is he? He's on his way to, uh, he went to Washington, D.C. today to talk about guns. And uh, talk about, you know, how we have to uh, limit handguns in America. That's what we needed. One more hearing. Carolyn Maloney's committee. He's going down there to testify in front of Carolyn Maloney. Carolyn Maloney has been in Congress since 1992. She's been having, she's probably had about 500 of those silly hearings. Now, what could Eric Adams be doing? Hey, you know what he's got at his disposal? 50,000 police force members, 35,000 uniform, 15,000 civilians. That's a lot of stuff. The biggest police department in the country, you know? New, innovative, interesting ways to combat crime, right? No, no, no. That's hard. That takes intellect. That takes brain work. That takes experience. That takes knowledge. That takes judgment. Nah. He'd rather take an airplane and take pictures of himself going to Washington, D.C. I'm serious. He looks like he's nine years old. He's nine years old, and he's so exciting. He's going like on a field trip. It's Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Uh, it, can, it can get worse. I don't know. I'll put it. I got to talk to Rudy about it. I got to talk to uh, Curtis about it. I got to talk to the other power brokers in this city. Maybe. Maybe. I'd be there at 6 o'clock in the morning, I decided. And uh, my priority would be getting the lunatics off the street. And they are lunatics. Getting them off the street, getting the woke crap out of the schools, bringing sanity, law and order back to uh, New York. Quite frankly, um, this shouldn't even be like, uh, these shouldn't even be hot topics. You know what I mean? This should, <laughs> I can't believe that we're debating about these black and white issues. Hey, though, good news, very good news, and perhaps even whack job woke liberals are waking up. Here's this guy. What's his name? Chesa Boudin? Chesa Boudin? the son of two radical cop killers uh, who grew up to be a radical cop hater. You know, is, he, he became the district attorney of San Francisco, crime totally out of control. He's one of these, you know, he doesn't like mass incarceration, which is a total myth, by the way, mass incarceration. This is not a country where there's mass incarceration. Anytime you hear anybody talking about mass incarceration, really tune them out, turn them off, right? When's the last time? You can look it up. Show me the videos where they rounded up people in mass and then threw them all into jail on mass. No, this is a country where there is individual due process. All right? There is. You don't this is not like um where is it? Egypt. You see like they they try 80 guys at a time and they keep them all in one giant jail cell. 
you've seen those videos. They actually exist. You can find those. too. We don't do any of that here, but they pretend we do. Why? Because it's fashionable. Why? Because they can uh, achieve political power. But Chesa Boudin was just recalled last night. A recall election less than four years. He's not completing his term. They are kicking him out, a la Gray Davis. You know, one thing I'll say for California, well, there's a lot to say for California. It's got some stuff going for it. But um, they they don't mess around with these recall elections. They happen. They work. Not always, but they do. I'm thinking about Governor Gray Davis. Remember that? They recalled him. And who replaced him? Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's how he got in. They took out their sitting governor. Now, it should have happened to Gavin Newsom. It didn't. And they took out this total whack job, uh, radical, uh, hates cops, district attorney, Chesa Boudin. He's blaming it all on conservative conservative, uh, billionaires, right? No, he can blame the electorate, the people, the people there who are overwhelmingly Democrat, but still took a look at this guy and said, nope. You're uh, you're out of here. Hey, anybody see the gubernatorial debate on the Democrat side? I thought it was on Channel 2 last night and uh, pretty uneventful. Actually, no, I got to admit, I think Tom Swazi beat the hell out of Kathy Hochul, who came across as uh, empty headed, uh, totally unworthy of the job. Way in over her head. You had a professional politician up there. And you know what? You got to be a pro for some of this stuff. I prefer personally prefer non-politicians, but all three of them up there were politicians. I like Tom Swazi. He won the debate. I will say this, Jamani Williams, actually, he impressed me. He was a man of of substance. It's clear that he gave a lot of these uh, issues thought. And um, I don't know. I was, I mean, we disagree on a lot of things, but at least, I don't know. There was something about him. I was impressed. I was impressed. Uh, do we have any of this, by the way? Oh, but the funny thing is, I'll get to that in a second. Let's see here. What happened last night? Uh, oh, here's Tom Swazi. Cut 13. I 100% support giving judges the discretion to consider dangerousness of the defendants who come before them. As you mentioned, Marsha, the same as it is in 49 other states in the United States of America. The governor says she cares about crime. She wants to address crime, but she does nothing to fix bail reform. Uh, it's hard to imagine... Uh, that this governor can continue to say that she cares about crime, but 69% of New Yorkers say she's failing on crime. She says she jumps right in. Well, when it came to the Buffalo Bill Stadium, she got something done that nobody thought could get done. It's so unpopular. It's a billion dollars, the most lucrative deal in the history of the NFL. She got that done. She twisted arms. But when it came to bail reform, she didn't engage. That's right. And you could tell she was hemming and hawing and couldn't get her story straight. She was very nervous. Um, great job there, Tom Swazi. Um, I told you I like Jamani Williams. Uh, now, I didn't see the entire debate. Uh, let's see what he says here. Uh, cut 14. I have to remind folks, as you mentioned, it's in 49 other states. Many of those states have cities whose gun violence is worse than us. That's why you need a governor who has spent their life working on figuring out how to stop the gun violence. I'm proud of the leadership that so we took. So you're against the dangerousness. But I want to be clear. I'm proud of the leadership that I took. In the decade that the governor was supported by the NRA, from 2012 to 2018, to help this city become the safest it has ever been. That research, that work that we've done is what I want to take to Albany. All right. So, look, I disagree with him totally on policy. But I'll give him this. He understands policy at a level that most Democrats, most crazy liberals don't. And I appreciate that to some degree. I don't want him to win. I'm never going to vote for the guy. Uh, but who knows? Maybe I could work with the guy someday. 
Uh, let's see. Okay, here's Kathy. Here's Kathy herself. Where is she? Uh, da, 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 da. She was really, she was really making all kinds of like. Uh, oh, my heart is really in this. I think she does that here. Uh, Roe v. Wade, cut sixteen. We have put forth a plan in response to what we anticipate will be one of the most egregious Supreme Court decisions in the history of our nation. They've already telegraphed that they plan to overturn Roe v. Wade, something that was the fight of my mother's generation. And I sure didn't think it would have to be the fight of my new granddaughter's generation. So New York is going to stand firm in protecting women's rights here. The money we allocated from a, a fund in our Department of Health is to mm. ramp up the services for New Yorkers. All right. Boring. Uh, but there's one point she says, and these issues for women are so important to me. And she puts both hands over her heart. Then she starts talking about black and brown communities. I thought that was kind of funny. There's just something about her talking about the black and brown communities and how uh, all the new pot merchants, the legalized pot sellers, are going to be people who were previously, uh, well, criminals. Criminal pot dealers will now be given like front-of-the-line privileges in getting these silly uh, pot-selling licenses. And what are you doing? Uh, oh, we're doing a commercial. We're doing a public service announcement. So I thought it was very bad. Hey, what else? Uh, Matthew McConaughey, people are still talking about him. I didn't like him. I I, I, I don't. And now, look, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, some of what he said I may have agreed with. A lot I didn't agree with. I didn't hear all of it. But what offended me was the entire image of it. A Hollywood actor getting up there at the White House. Why him? Oh, he's from Uvalde. He was born there in 1972. Who cares? All right? He hasn't been back since. Yet he's talking like this. You know, he just had this moral outrage that, you know, we're all, we're all deeply saddened by what happened. And he's up there pounding the table. Let's see here. Uh, where's a, where, do we have a pounding the table thing? Here, try this. Cut four. We've got to take a sober, humble, and honest look in the mirror and rebrand ourselves based on what we truly value. What we truly value. We've got to get some real courage and honor our immortal obligations instead of our party affiliations. Enough with the counterpunching. Enough with the invalidation of the other side. Let's come to the common table that represents the American people. Find a middle ground, the place where most of us Americans live anyway. Especially on this issue, because I promise you, uh, America, you and me, we are not as divided as we are being told we are. We start by making laws that save innocent lives and don't infringe on our Second Amendment rights. We start right now by voting to pass policies that can keep us from having as many Columbine, Sandy Hooks, Parklands, Las Vegas, Buffaloes, and Uvaldes from here on. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds nice. Just remember, he ran for Texas governor as a Democrat. He ran away from that race because he feared he could not win. He also has very little skill, very little, zero expertise. Zero. None. But he stood up there and later he starts pounding the podium. Why? Do something before. I would love to go to the White House and just shoot my mouth off for a half hour. I've got, I've got passions. Why him? Oh, let's find that middle ground. Yeah, it sounds great, right? I understand. Why do we have this conversation now? And why does the middle ground almost always involve prohibiting the sale of AR-15s, as it does right now in New York, 18, those kinds of things? I don't like. And that's not, I'm not an extremist, all right? 
I'm not. You know me. Well, yeah, no, that's not me. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, it's me. Uh, more on that debate. Hey, the big news, though, about Jesse Boudin, if a radical nut job can be put out by other radical nut jobs for being such a radical nut job, there's hope across the country because there are so many of these far left district attorneys who hate the police, who believe criminals really are incapable of committing crime, uh, don't want to send uh, criminals to jail, all that stuff. Uh, we've got one of them. We've got at least one of them here, Alvin Bragg. Uh, they're going to notice this, and they're going to feel vulnerable, and um, uh, they could be opposed. Uh, they could be recalled themselves, or they could smarten up and toughen up. That's what I'm. Uh, it's a good. It's a good signal. Uh, we got a bad one here in New York. Uh, Philadelphia is terrible. Um, Gascon, I think his name is in in Los Angeles. He's uh, he's uh, struggling right now. All right, last night's debate. This is why people hate the fake news. You know, this is important stuff, right? It is. We see this, these are issues of life and death, literally. You know, more people would be alive. More businesses would have been uh, uh, saved if, if, if Governor Cuomo had called in the National Guard. If he instead, what did they do? He sensed, uh, where are the political winds going here? Hmm, what do I do? How do I, how do I come out ahead of this one? And he sat on his hands during Black Lives Matter summer. Right. He just blamed Trump and uh, the city burned. Well, I don't like that. I didn't like that response. Did you? It was ridiculous. It was this is not what we are looking for from government. So uh, this is a serious stuff. But the fake news, they're not serious. They spent a chunk of the debate last night. It's only one hour. Right. It was one hour on Channel 2. Marsha Kramer and Maurice Dubois thought they'd have a little fun with the candidates. Right. Here are some of the questions they actually asked last night. Let me hear some. Um, what's your absolute number one biggest pet peeve? One word. Uh, it sounds like uh, who wants to be a millionaire? You can't be a couple words? Okay, stop, a couple stop, words. stop. You know what my number one pet peeve is? People who ask about pet peeves. What's your number one pet peeve? Shut up, pet peeve. What else do they ask? Eh? Mr. Swazi, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no. No. Mr. I believe in spirits, though. Yeah, I guess I do. Okay. Spirits? Mr. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mr. Williams. Do you believe in ghosts? This I'm is a, a gubernatorial debate. I don't know if I call it ghosts, uh, but I do believe in afterlife, and my ancestors are there. Ms. Hochul. Yeah, I, I speak to my mother all the time. I lost her just months before I became lieutenant governor, and she Stop! The answers are the way anybody would answer these. They're 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 surprised. They're even looking at each other like, "What the, is this? What is this? What? This is valuable time." And it didn't stop right there. They kept going with this nonsense. What else, Mr. Williams? In one word, Superman or Batman? Oh man, I gotta go Batman there. Now, what does that even mean? Hold on, Superman or Batman? What does that mean? Do you read Superman comic books or Batman comic books? What does that mean? What does that mean? Does it mean what? Does it mean, or would you like to be Superman or Batman? Is that what it means? I don't know what it means. Why didn't somebody say, hey, I don't know what the hell you mean. This is New York. It's falling apart. We don't have time for this. We hate you, the fake news, okay? Marsha Kramer, all right? All she's been is a nagging, hideous presence for so many years, asking superficial questions, just playing gotcha. You know what she did yesterday? 
And I can't stand Mayor de Blasio. She tried to just make an awkward position. Would you endorse Mayor de Blasio for Congress? Uh, and, and Tom Swazi said no. And she kept busting his balls about it, quite frankly, for two minutes. Well, why wouldn't you? What does that mean? Why not? Well, hey, he made it. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Silly. Silly. What was that question again? That was so stupid. And there's more of this, right? There's more. Mr. Williams, what's your go-to karaoke song? Stop! All right, seriously, we have to we have to call the FCC or somebody or other, right? We cannot. That was a debate. This is a public service. Karaoke. Oh man, I wish I was at one of these debates. Maybe I should run. I'd be like, what the hell are you? You know, Newt Gingrich famously, famously turned the tables on uh, one of those CNN guys, John King. They asked a dopey question. He's like, I don't believe that you would waste the time of the American people with such a ridiculous question at the time. That's what that divide. They're actually answering these questions. The fact that they're humoring these moderators. I don't like Marsha. Maurice is okay, but he made a big mistake last night. All right, there's the music. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, I'm not a football fan. Um, I'm not a baseball fan either. I've lost all interest in it. I'm sorry. The the money, uh, I find it all tedious. Baseball is just boring. Uh, And now they've gone crazy woke. And even the reporters have gone crazy woke. Now, ESPN, what the hell was ESPN for all of its... uh, most of its life. It was a, you turn it on and you watch guys talk about sports, right? Well, it's different now. It's different now. You watch guys, girls, um, tra- whatever, you know, all kinds of whatever. And um, they talk about, uh, well, uh, the woke agenda, the woke mob. You know that for some stupid reason, some baseball team in Florida, what is it? The the, the, the Rays, the, ten, the Devil Rays? Is it the Devil Rays or the Rays? The Rays uh, down there in uh, Florida. Uh, for Pride Month, they had Pride Night. You know how I feel about Pride Month. I think it's stupid. I think taking pride in something that you were born as is dumb. I don't take pride in being a uh, straight white male. I'm also not ashamed of it, thank you very much. But taking pride in it? And I know the whole justification. Yes, uh, yeah, in 1952, you had to hide in the closet. Well, it ain't 1952 anymore. And quite frankly, um, some leaders of the so-called gay community, and we are in agreement, Mike, there isn't really a gay community, but those who portray themselves as leaders of the gay community are out there kind of like uh, uh, fascists. You must comply or else you must wear a gay pride Patch to our gay pride night or else you are a bigot. They called these poor guys bigots. Five guys said, you know what? I don't wear the, want to wear the patch. Five guys. And they're blowing them up all over the place. Blowing them up. 
They didn't say anything derogatory toward gays or anything like that. They just said, I don't want to wear the gay pride patch. This, we are losing our country. It is amazing. If they can do it to multi-million dollar baseball players, stars with agents and lawyers and infrastructure and protection and contracts, what can they do it to you? What can they do it to some person who works at the grocery store? They absolutely can. Our country is slipping away. I'm not exaggerating. Now, this is an actual conversation that happened on on ESPN. ESPN, by the way, stands for, what does it stand for? (laughs) Entertainment Sports Something Network. What's the P for? I forgot. Anyway, it's been around for a long time. It was invented by a dude named Rasmussen. It's a really interesting idea. It was radical uh, for its time, but now it's, you know, all sports. Yeah, anyway. Let me hear this conversation. It's on one of those panel shows, and there's this Sarah Spain. She is, uh, you know, one of those girl athletes or girl reporters who never played the game. Actually, she's pretty tall. She probably played volleyball or something like that in college, but who knows? And uh, she's got something to say about the players who did not wear the gay pride patch on gay pride night in Tampa. Go ahead. Pride is about inclusion, so you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. When you say trying to be bigoted. They're trying to use religious exemptions to affect the opportunities, services, uh, available resources for people who are LGBTQ+. And a patch on the jersey in in this way? In the case of sport, no. In the case of sport, though, they're double-talking if they're saying you're welcome while also saying that we don't encourage or or we disagree with it, especially when there are devout people of every single religion that also welcome and are open to people who are born gay. David Dennis. Is she saying something stupid just to be outrageous? And that's part of it. That, That could be. But something tells me that she's actually, these are deeply held beliefs. Uh, that's insanity, by the way, obviously, uh, to judge commitment by whether or not someone's wearing a patch that you must wear the gay pride colors or else you're not with us. You're either with us or you're against us. You wear this patch or else you're a bigot. Hmm? Hey, what would a bigot do? They might wear the patch so they could still be a bigot. All right. These guys are not bigots. All right. And you should have heard the statement from the one of the players. He's like, look, this is uh, this is I'm not judging anybody. But I'm not comfortable with it. And oh, by the way, you know, it's all about, it's funny, even, I've heard Christians even do this. They they go right to the part of the Bible that's arguably, arguably controversial, right? They go right to the part about uh, where you can't be gay. Well, it actually doesn't quite say it that way. It's actually, there's a lot in the Bible. And the Bible is complex. I am told by my theological mentors, the Bible is complex. So we come back to it. The Holy Spirit made it that way, so we come back to it. God wanted it that way, so we come back to it. You can't, like, read the book and be like, yep, I got it. There, I'm good. Yep, I understand all that. No, you got to keep going back to it. It's a, it's like a living, breathing document. you got to keep going back to it. Now, I've been more immersed in that Bible than at any time in my life. And quite frankly, for those to just run right up to that part, 
You know, it governs all of us, by the way, who believe. Now, I don't want to... Can I take myself out of this one? There are a lot of guys out there, girls too. Guys, all right, I'll say... There are a lot of things I want to do. Okay, all kinds of things I'd like to do. But you can't. You can't. It's against the rules. And it's 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 for... The Bible applies to me and you. There are all kinds of rules in there, right? I am not going to glorify any rule, my rule breaking. Should I glorify it? Should I put myself on a pedestal because I'm doing something that it says I'm not supposed to do? Right? Let's say I like to go to strip clubs and hook up with strippers. To be the full me, I've got to do that. Is that something I should uh, make a flag for and wave it around? I mean, that, that's, that's the stuff that I actually, I don't struggle with. I mean, I'm not going to do that. But we all have our struggles. We all have things that, but we have rules and parameters. And, and I read the Bible and I actually haven't, you know, there's this whole conversation in there that Jesus has. And I got to tell you, some of this stuff is not black and white regarding gay people. It's not. And I know there are some people out there who be like, how dare you? And look at Romans. Yes, I know. But I I also saw that part about the eunuchs and the convert. What does he mean by that? And All right. I know I'm out on a limb here. But um, that is the idea that if you're a bigot if you don't wear a gay pride patch. That's what she said on national television. And that obviously is absurd, but now we have this, and this is the direction it's going. And if it starts at ESPN, you can say it's not just on TV, folks. This is going to affect our lives. Let's see here. Someone just sent me something, and this is even worse than what I just uh, relayed to you. Where is this? Uh, where the hell is that? Who's that guy, Del Rio, from the um, – oh, sorry about this, folks. Commanders in D.C. I guess the Washington Football Club is now called the Commanders. Listen to this. There's a guy named Jack Del Rio. He is the defensive coordinator. All right, that's a far cry from coach. I mean, I know it's an important job, but he's not the coach. You could be next to uh, Jack Del Rio on the train and not know who it is. Listen to what he did. Listen to his crime. Listen to how he has to defend himself. Listen to how he now might be canceled. Washington Commander's defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, defended a tweet he posted earlier this week that questioned why protests after the murder of George Floyd at the hands of police were not being discussed the same way as the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Del Rio referred to the riot that saw thousands of people break into and vandalize the nation's Capitol building in an effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election as a dust-up. I'm just expressing myself, Del Rio said to reporters on Wednesday, and I think we as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. You're damn right you are, but our culture is not, sir. Our culture is not. If this guy loses his job, I'm telling you, man, we are no better than China. We will have crossed a line. We will have gone someplace. I. This is dangerous stuff, everybody. Very dangerous He says again, I just asked a simple question. Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. 
Why are we not looking into those things if we're going to talk about January 6th? Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about we're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. Del Rio made these comments after he was asked whether or not he would be willing to address with his players a genuine... Oh, the players. The players want accountability for this. That mob of criminals. I mean, you you look at the NFL and what these guys are up to all the time. All right, what is the statistics, by the way, on the NFL and criminality? It's insanely high. And now that's the, the, the that, that truly is a mob. And they're going to put this guy... This guy in an artificial, they're going to take away his freedom of speech. Now, I understand you don't want certain employees boasting online about political matters. But it wasn't the commander's uh, official Twitter, right? He's not a superstar. He's a defensive coordinator. Hey, where's Dino? Has he ever heard about this guy? All right. Give me a moment here. I want to bring in uh, Tony from Westchester. Hi. Yes, Tony. Hello. Oh, shoot. Tony, we lost you. All right. See if you can re-engage us. Uh, Eileen, yes. And in, in, uh, where are you? Elmwood Park, right here. Hi. Hi. I just want to contradict what you just said about the Bible being vague. I'm hey, Eileen, Eileen, thanks, Eileen. Now, listen, let me tell you something. You know when Jesus is talking about eunuchs? Where is that in the Bible? Yeah. Off the top of my head, I'm really not sure. All right, well, you get back to that part, all right? I'm just saying, I am just saying, you know, people, there is so much, so much. Eileen, Eileen, you know, adultery is also against the rules. Adultery, I'm told, um, adultery, I am told, leads to half of all divorce. And half of all marriages end in divorce, right? Right? Yes. Yes. Now, why is it, though, why is it that... That is not discussed. And it I, that is somehow irrelevant. We all go in. Everybody's talking about the other, which, by the way, they're both, yes, it's sinful behavior according to the Bible. I am, it is at times confusing. Have you ever read the Bible, Eileen, and been confused? Pretty much no, because I grew up in the church. Pretty much no. Well, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the pretty much no part. Okay, pretty much means you've been confused. All right, you've been confused by the Bible. It is inherently, it is inherently, it is inherent. There are parts of that Bible. All right, so you're the man. You're the one person. You, 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 Eileen, because you grew up in the church. Eileen, so you, you're calling me to say what exactly? That the Bible clearly says that homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. Yes, adultery is also wrong, but it doesn't say it's an abomination. There's no a a a. It is sexual sin, Eileen. That's it is right. sexual it's sin. It's sin. Yes. It is on the I'm same level. That. It is on the same level as you. And you know what? If you <laughs> look, it's bad marketing. I've got to tell you. I will say this. I want to. And Eileen, you know we. Everybody's a sinner, right? You know that from John eight. The first person who has not sinned, pick up the rock to throw it at her, right? So we condemn nobody. Is that right, Eileen? Yes. Thank you. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. Yes, but, you know, sometimes I think we're a little bit too versed in the sins of other people as opposed to our own sins. 
Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, that's why it says take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brain. There you go. There's the, there's the, you grew up in the church. I love it. I love it. Eileen, look, sometimes, though, we are believers, and I have noticed that believers, they wade right in immediately to the controversial, to the arguably, arguably controversial. Did you notice I said that earlier? The arguably controversial stuff. It's yeah. like, it's like a new citizen comes to America, Right. Oh, they love America. They love America. And the very first thing I tell them is, hey, you know we have a prison in Cuba. It's called Guantanamo Bay, and we got people who have been there for 20 years, and they have been tried. What do you think about that? And America is a great country, and I go to the one part that might set them off, that might drive them away. And I realize, look, I am not a theologian. I am a person just like you. All right. I have questions. I don't know a lot. I don't. I, I, there's, I, there's so little I know and so much I don't know. But I hope you understand a little bit where it just bothers me when people who talk about our faith publicly go right to the part that you did. Romans and the abomination and all that stuff. Right. Which drives people away. Right off the bat. It drove me away. Some of this stuff drove me away. Hey, I want to have a good time. What are you talking about? Hey, you know, as long as you got two consenting adults, game on, right? That's what America says. That's what the world says. But the world is, is controlled by the devil. Well, the world has fallen. I will agree with I, the world has fallen. The world is not controlled by the devil. And the devil, right, the, the, de- the world is not controlled by the devil. Now. What? Right now, in the earth, the devil has free reign until Jesus comes back. Well, free reign, but we also have free will. We don't have to go along with him, as you know, and God is ultimately in charge of everything. And the devil is uh, not as powerful as God. The devil, So there's, you know, we could go round and round on that. So all that to say, Eileen, I thank you, Eileen. I I have to (laughs) you, hold on, all right? I like you. It sounds like you're in the car. I do have to take a break. I do have to take a break. Eileen, listen. Uh, what's the last thing you want to say? That the Holy Spirit enlightens you as you're reading the Bible to make it clear to you so that it's not confusing. Yeah, all right, but uh, you, you said pretty much earlier, all right? Now, now, you know what you sound like a little bit like? You sound like, oh, well, what you know, maybe maybe, like? maybe the Holy Spirit isn't with you because you're, not, you're still confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 you sounded a little bit like that. You got a little hoity-toity on me, Eileen. You know, okay, you, so you, you acknowledge yourself. You acknowledge yourself. That sometimes you can be a little bit confused. You did. If you didn't no, say it out loud, you, mu- you most definitely I, did, Eileen. You must, pretty much, pretty much, sure. pretty, much sure. pretty much you did. Eileen, I love you. Thank you very much. I do have to take a quick break. Bye-bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I don't go to baseball games anymore. You know what stinks, though? That we got rid of Shea Stadium and uh, the original Yankee Stadium. When I was a kid, when I went, I loved going there. I loved seeing that, wow, that home plate, that's the very spot where Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig once stood. You know, it was the same exact spot. And now, you know, all that's gone. All that history is gone. I don't like it. I, I, I why, why? Why, by the way? Why do we need for luxury boxes? And Kathy Hochul did another one of these things for uh, for her friends up in Buffalo. Has anyone ever been to Buffalo? Really? I mean, has anyone ever actually been there? Uh, all right. One other item I wanted to address before we move on. 
Uh, did we hang up on Eileen? Yeah. All right. Good. No, no, no. That was a good conversation. I think um, we don't like that woman from ESPN. Right. And she talks about uh, those people who did not wear their uh, rainbow patches for gay pride. They need to be educated, you know, going around. You know who wore the patches? Um, who wore the patches and the and the buttons and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, the leaders in the old Soviet Union. Uh, North Korea, China, and they were all about uh, adult re-education, weren't they? Right? That kind of stuff. Hey, did you hear we had a 15-year-old, a 15-year-old girl was killed in St. Albans, Queens by a stray bullet as she was doing her homework. She was doing her homework in St. Albans, Queens, killed by a stray bullet, and Eric Adams gets on a plane to go to Washington, D.C. to talk about uh, guns. He's got 50,000 guys. He has no idea, no idea how to use power. None. Zero. We're in trouble. Antonio, uh, where are you? Northport. Hi, what's up? How you doing, Greg? Good. Uh, listen, the, 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 the pride flag you know, thing really, really ticks me off because forget about the religious exemption part. Why can't these guys or any of these guys or one of these guys just come out and say the truth of the reason behind it, which is you're gay, I'm straight, you're a person, I'm a person. Why am I being forced to celebrate you? We are the same. That is the real reason behind when people don't want to do this stuff. And I don't understand. I understand cancel culture, but I don't understand why people just can't come out and say that. There's nothing wrong with that. Constitutionally, we are the same. You're a person, I'm a person. Why are we being forced to celebrate a full month of it. Yeah, why are we being forced to celebrate? And let's celebrate things we have in common, like our history, July 4th, you know? Uh, not, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, what is it, one in eight people? I mean, most people don't, aren't, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's Again, you take pride in the things that you have contributed, that you have accomplished, uh, but when you're born a certain way, I don't know if you should take any pride in that. Thank you very much, uh Buddy, and let's see. Oh, yeah, here's Tony in West Westchester. Uh, Tony, we lost you. Hi. Hi, Greg. You are a voice of sanity in all the insanity. I, I don't even know where to begin. I could talk to you for three hours, but here's here, with Eileen, it's look for the log in your own eye before you cast judgment on any of And we're all sinners, and Jesus wants us all to come to him. But that said, I was just with a bunch of my liberal friends. We got to talking about guns. I, of course, had the wrong opinion, but I came away with I'm uneducated. Thank God you're there and you're so bold and strong. And your father is Ray Kelly, who knows more about police. And one of my friends is a police um, arm of the U.N., and he's the one that said, you know, how dare I speak? I'm uneducated. But thank God for your sense of humor, your belief in God, not in that order. And your sanity. Wow, Tony, how thank do, you. My goodness. Well, it's so kind of you. Uh, but the first thing, thank you, really. Uh, but who called you uneducated? And I mean, that's just that's not a that's not a that's not a nice thing to say. And then, and then I have a feeling that you probably knew more about whatever issue was being discussed. Tell me what happened there. So, it, it you know, you never speak about politics, and all my friends, a lot of them are gay. And all of them, all of them, to locally are are uh, liberal, and it and it devolved in this discussion of oh let's ban AK whatever they are, and I said most 
I listen to Rudy. I listen to you. I listen to Mark Levin, Bill O'Reilly, who have statistics. And he goes, you don't know. I, I do with statistics all day. He's the police division of something at the UN. And so, uh, and I said, you have to take the, you have to get the criminals off the street. The whole thing that I know you believe in, your father was a commander of that, and it devolved into you don't talk about something when you're uneducated. All right, so this is what your uh, this is what the person at the UN was telling you, the security guard. No, he's not a security guard. He's he's somebody who has a big job. Well, you could call him that if you wanted to, because uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, for arguments purposes. Ah, you're too nice. You wouldn't do that. I'd be like, so what are you again? What, 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 the U.N. security? I got to go, Tony. You're the best. Thank you so much. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Yeah, some guy wanted to uh, kill Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Kavanaugh's house picture of it in the paper here, New York Post. Quite frankly, I thought a justice of the Supreme Court would have a bigger house. This looks like a very ordinary house. I mean, uh, this is just, uh, it's just like you would never look twice at it. It looks like any house, and it looks like any house in the suburbs of New York or even in, in Queens or wherever. Uh, I think um, I think we should get him a better house. No, and I, I'm glad he's safe. And remember, this is a left wing lunatic that wanted to kill him and you'll notice that if you do look at the cable networks like i am right now no one's talking about it no one except for fox i think newsmax too um no one's talking about it why because it's one of their own a left-wing lunatic now if it were a right-wing lunatic who wanted to kill uh sotomayor uh it would be 24 7 and uh donald trump white supremacy that's all excuse me that's what's responsible that's what's happening here and no and I don't play that game myself. I think that this guy was a nut job. All right, he was a nut job, and you never know what's going to set off a nut job. And uh, we don't um, we don't moderate our language. We don't hold back uh, because some nut job may react in a negative way. Sorry, no. I uh, it, it, it just these people are crazy, and it's going to happen. Point zero 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 one percent of the time, whatever. And we have, uh, that's why we have security. That's why we have cops. That's why hopefully these guys, hey, you know, it's something else about a Supreme Court justice. They don't have too many perks. They don't even, they have to actually get themselves to work. Can you imagine that? Having to, uh, you're the Supreme Court justice, one of nine people in all of America, lifetime appointment, and you got to drive yourself to work. That doesn't seem right. All right. Chesa Boudin has lost. Who is Chesa Boudin? A nut job, a DA in San Francisco who loved criminality. He was literally the the son of a mother and father who were cop killers. Uh, they were getaway drivers in that Brinks robbery in Nyack in 1981. I remember when that happened. I was old enough. I think it was in fifth grade. I remember that. And... Uh, the father, David Gilbert, was just paroled a few months ago. His mother's dead. Um, it's okay. He was raised by uh, uh, other radicals, uh, Bill Ayers and the Weather Underground. Anyway, he was too radical even for the crazy woke left in San Francisco. Crime was going out of control, and they recalled him. They recalled the election that worked. And who is he blaming? Let's hear. This is uh, Chessa. What the hell kind of name is that anyway? Chessa Boudin. Go ahead. People are angry. They're frustrated. 
And I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. Voters were not asked to choose between criminal justice reform and something else. They were given an opportunity to voice their frustration and their outrage, and they took that opportunity. Yeah, something wrong with that. It's called democracy. All right. We can hurt their mechanisms to get bums like you out of public office. Thankfully, it worked this time. And hopefully, uh, district attorneys, woke, crazy George Soros funded district attorneys across this country will take note of what happened to you and toughen up and smarten up so it doesn't happen to them. And maybe it will. Alvin Bragg, uh, George Cascone, whoever that nut job is in Philadelphia. All right, take note. And you know who I like is a guy named Brett Stevens. He writes for the uh, New York Times, which I know is fake news, but this guy is one of the few guys there who has any common sense. Listen to this. Is a decade of destructive progressive ideology finally coming to an end? That San Franciscans, some of America's most reliably liberal voters, chose on Tuesday to recall District Attorney Chesa Bodine, one of America's most leftward DAs, is a sign of hope. Voter patience for what Mayor London Breed of San Francisco calls all the BS that has destroyed our city. Aggressive shoplifting, rampant car burglaries, open-air drug use, homeless encampments, sidewalks uh, turned into toilets is finally running thin. Progressive outreach has its price, even for progressives. What's going on in San Francisco is happening nationwide, and not just in matters of criminal justice and urban governance. In one area after another, the left is being mugged by reality. To borrow Irving Kristol's famous phrase, consider a few examples. Inflation. Over a decade, progressives insisted that inflation was a right-wing chimera, ignoring the huge increase in asset prices. Then, last year, they insisted inflation was temporary, a red Herring, to quote the economist Joseph Stitzklitz. Later, as it became clear that inflation was sticking, some took a bolder tack. Inflation is good. I'm going to skip this inflation crap. Uh, all right, hold on. This is it gets better. Usually, it's the 1% who can afford to shield their wealth through inflation-protected assets, a rare violin, a vacation house, while the less fortunate struggle with triple-digit grocery bills. The left's combination of nonchalance about inflation, it will erase debts along with a reluctance to tackle it forcefully, is why the left so often ends up losing working-class voters to the right. Energy. It wasn't long ago that progressives bemoaned low gas prices on the theory that deterring driving would help the climate. Maybe House Democrats should try running on $7 a gallon gas as an environmental good and see what happens to their majority. Maybe, too, the Biden administration should tell the Saudis where they can stuff their oil as opposed to beseeching them to pump more. Good stuff. Or maybe not. The one form of nature progressives reliably fail to understand is human nature. If they ever wonder why their climate fervor hasn't translated into more policy victories, they should grapple with the fact that the rapid decarbonization of the economy is not something for which most people are prepared to pay a high price, at least from their own pocketbooks. How about working on a different message, one that is measured, adaptive, and meliorative, rather than draconian, grim, and doomsaying? The culture. How did progressives come out on the losing end of the culture wars? How did they become the butt of jokes for our 
era's sharpest comedians, from Bill Maher to Dave Chappelle. Why are lifelong liberals at universities, newspapers, and publishing houses constantly whispering under their breath about the rank Maoism of their younger colleagues? Simple. Progressives went from being all about liberation to being all about imposition. When a trans-collegiate swimmer such as Leah Thomas identifies as a woman, that's liberation, a decision that surely required courage and is worthy of respect. But when Thomas is allowed to compete in women's races, that's a blatantly unfair act that has given Thomas one victory after another while diminishing the legacy of female athletes. That it has become difficult to even say this out loud merely underscores the point. I'm reading from Brett Stevens in the New York Times. He's an amazing writer, great thinker. Used to be with the Wall Street Journal. Thoughtful young man. I wonder how young he is. He's in his 40s. Anyway, he goes on. Minorities. Remember when the future of American politics was democratic because the future of American demography would be less white? That comforting prediction is failing because members of minority groups don't necessarily like being stuffed into the back end of progressive acronyms like BIPOC or being stymied by progressive policies such as efforts to do away with entrance exams for selected public schools or neglecting law and order priorities in poor communities that often need them most, including those on the southern border. The world. Progressives, aided by isolationist Republicans, spent a decade demanding that America disentangle itself from faraway military commitments, particularly in Afghanistan, so that we could be so that we could do more nation building at home. Joe Biden made the mistake of believing it, and his presidency has has not recovered from the strategic and moral debacle of withdrawal. Now, look, there's a lot of reasons to not have been in Iraq and we could have gotten out of Afghanistan smarter and better, um, but I don't. I think we are spread thin and doing too much overseas. Um, but uh, hey, you don't agree with everything in an op-ed. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up here. Nor has the world the perception of American diffidence and incompetence, which the administration has labored so hard to counteract in Ukraine, is part of what tempted the Kremlin to invade in the first place. <laughs> The list goes on, but the message is the same. When Crystal talked about liberals getting mugged by reality, he said it turned them into neoconservatives. It will be enough if today's progressives in the second mugging find their way back to liberalism. Well, he uses all those terms there, but a pretty great piece there. I agree with the stuff I could understand. (laughs) I just kidding. Ah, Brad Stevens, got to have him on the show one of these days. Whew. So, where are we? Where does that leave you and me? Hey, I have an announcement about the Newsmax show. Can I mention that yet? Let me just see if anyone else is talking about it. This is one hell of a schedule. I'm not complaining, but it's one hell of a schedule. And, uh, and uh, well, I guess that's all I can say right now. Let me just see one thing here. No. No, 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 no. All right. Oh, tomorrow night, the silly January 6th hearings, another round of them. We've had them in February of last year, March of last year, January, uh, August of last year, July of last year, January of this year, and now tomorrow night in prime time, 8 p.m., for the first time ever in history. We had the Watergate hearings. They were during the day. The Iran-Contra hearings were during the day. Uh, Anita Hill was during the day. Uh, the phony impeachments, they were all held during the day. Some went late at night, but they were... Scheduled primarily during the day. This, 
will be at night. Now, the good news is those phony cops, they've already testified, so we won't be hearing from them. We won't hear their literal sob story. Maybe we... <laughs> literal sob story. Cut 34, please. Oh, no. Because of the, all the chemical that I, my uniform had on. Sorry. I was carried back inside. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. One of the invaders approached me like he was going to try to get past me and head down the stairs. I was stunned by what I saw. They're faking it. They're all faking it. I'm sorry. They're faking it. You know how many cops were brutalized by the mob during Black Lives Matter summer? Did I see any of those guys on TV? I'm sorry, but, you know, when you go into law enforcement, part of what you may encounter is a riot. Now, this one, though, isn't your garden, you know, run-of-the-mill garden variety riot. This one may have been facilitated by the Democrats. Absolutely. And I hate to say it, by law enforcement itself, Capitol Hill Police, I've, I've run the clips. I've got the evidence. I've seen cops waving people into the Capitol. I saw cops standing by as people walked on by. I saw three cops walk away from a critical post just before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. You know, watch the State of the Union. I, watched, I remember thinking as a kid, watching the State of the Union address, that that's got to be the most secure location in the entire world. And just look at the Capitol. It's built like a fort. It's, a, it's, it's this strong marble monument. I mean, it is a fortress. You can't get in there. And a bunch of yokels got in with uh, silly hats and flags. They took it over. Doesn't add up. Now, will they ask about any? I, I, you know what? I'm not a drinker. I'm tempted to have a drinking game tomorrow night, right? You got to take a shot every time they mention Ashley Babbitt. This is the kind of drinking game <laughs> where you will emerge sober because they're not going to talk about her. And I don't like drinking games. I'm not going to do it. But it would be, if you were going to do a drink, you know, it's kind of interesting because she's not going to get mentioned. That's the way you could maintain your your sobriety. It's time. It's time. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, yes, it's me. I'm back. Hey, you remember this. Uh, one of the things that the left is so freaked out about is Trump coming back, and it looks like he is. So what do they do? They huff and they puff, and they say he's a threat to our democracy. Oh, my gosh, he's going to... Well, he's going to do something. Uh, he's going to do something dangerous. He's going to do something frightening. Here's Bob Woodward. You know this guy, the phony baloney guy. They say he brought down Nixon. That's such a fake news fantasy, by the way. He didn't bring down Nixon, but uh, here he is on the Morning Swamp Show. Oh my goodness, this this Donald Trump. He's 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 frightening. Cut thirty nine. It's interesting. Trump was, as we know, president for four years, and he learned some things about the levers of power. If he becomes president again, I think there's going to be uh, not as much ambiguity. I think he will clearly uh, do some things that uh, are frightening to uh, hold power again as president. So this uh, this needs to be examined. 
it needs to be examined. That's how he talks there, that uh, Bob Woodward. Well, gosh, yeah, I mean, he just did such frightening things when he was president. Frightening. I mean, just terrible things. Now, what did he do that was so frightening? And what was so unorthodox about Trump? The big unorthodox thing about Trump was he made promises and he fulfilled them. He worked to actually do them. That's not how the system works. And he was out there talking to the people basically every single week. All right. And despite what they tell you, the lies they say about him, he worked within the the construct of our system, our United States government. They say he's a dictator. He's a fascist. Really? I don't think so, actually. Fascists don't talk like this. You want to hear? Here's Donald Trump, the fascist, right? Talking about what a pain in the neck it is to follow the law, but he's following the law. Uh, cut 40. And uh, I'll sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office. And we will have a national emergency. And we will then be sued. And they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, uh, even though it shouldn't be there. And we will possibly get a bad ruling, and then we'll get another bad ruling, and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court, and hopefully we'll get a fair shake, and we'll win in the Supreme Court. Just like the ban, they sued us in the Ninth Circuit, and we lost, and then we lost in the appellate division, and then we went to the Supreme Court, and we won. Does this sound like a a crazy madman with power? (laughs) Always waiting for his next court date? You know, the so-called Muslim ban? Well, the Supreme Court upheld that. And it wasn't a Muslim ban, all right? No. It was, there are certain countries that are on terror watch lists for good reason. And it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to do with the faith of Islam. It's other activities that are happening there and uh, a radical ideology. Muslim itself, Islam, no, that's not the thing. But it's the... It's the militants, it's the internet chatter, it's uh, uh, the record, it's, and this is smart stuff. It's funny, it was upheld, upheld by the Supreme Court. That is the system, baby. Hey, I want to check in with this guy, Dave. He says he knows me from somewhere. Dave, hello, what's up? Is Dave on the phone, Dave from uh, Orange County. Hey, what's going on, bud? How you doing? How are you? Do I know you? I don't no, no, I don't actually personally know you, but I remember you from back in the days with the the Fox Five stuff. And I really had a question about that weatherman you guys had. His name is Price, right? And he was just wacky and all over the place. And I, it's just like he seemed like he caused a lot of chaos. I don't know if you remember that guy at all. And it, to, to me, he was like he just looked like he was pissing off everybody in the place. He was a weatherman. His last name is Price or something. Well, I know who you're talking about, Dave Price. I I, I actually never worked with him. I never. I think I met him twice, uh, once in the street, once in a studio. I spent about three minutes in his presence, so I don't know anything about him. Seems to know his weather. I, I know he's on Channel 4 right now. Seems to be doing just fine. Has a nice set of ties. I see him in the back of the cab sometimes. Why are you so fixated on this uh, one weatherman? Uh, I just I thought he was funny back in the day. I was watching him on TV, and he just looked really Well, he's still on Channel 4. You can go find him. He's on Channel 4. Oh, okay. Well, yes, but they they don't really uh, Channel Four. You know, it's like do the weather and sit down. You know what I mean? It's no hijinks anymore. Quite frankly, I don't think that nobody tunes on turns on local news for hijinks anymore. You know what I mean? It's pretty much down and dirty. Yeah. What do you do, Dave? Up there, and you're in Orange County, is that right? Yeah, I'm in a little town called Pine Bush. We had an alien festival uh, last weekend. 
Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, doing the right thing up here. Wait, what the hell did you have last week? All right, so I live in Pine Bush, it's Orange County, and um, there's an alien festival. So, you know, it is like the biggest festival, alien festival, or uh, Pine Bush is the biggest um, alien place up in Orange County in the, in the East Coast, I guess. So we had a festival, and it's called the Alien Festival. We have it once a year in June. And um, this you know, is t- t- we have a good time. Yeah. Uh, what? what? I, I don't. It just sounds very. Uh, are you putting me on? I never heard of this thing. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I'm not putting you on. It, I, actually, I'm not. You know, I lived here all my life. Uh, you know, and I'm not too crazy about it either. But it's just uh, uh, the trying. You know, it's. I guess we've seen aliens here, or some reports. All right, of Dave. I've here. had enough of this. I uh, no. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't believe in them myself. I don't. All right, bye, bye. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. Hey, Shelly's got one quick question, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so sorry, everybody. Gosh, what's happening? It's not COVID, I know that. Shelly, hi. Shelly, are you there? Sadly in need of the uh, Charles F. Stanley uh, Bible. Yeah. And the problem is when I go on uh, a Verizon uh, Amazon website, uh, there are so very many uh, variables of these books, and I don't know which one to order. I want the one that you talk about. All right. I, I did this for a woman in uh, Connecticut a couple of months ago, but it took me several months to actually do it. But I'll do it. Do you want me to get you one? Either get me one or send me the information so I can uh, order it. It's better. It's easier if I get you one than send you the information. Do me a favor. Get her. Uh, Shelly, hold on. All right? Get all of that stuff, please, if you don't mind. All right? Thank you. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so you're running for governor. You, you know, it's a big pain in the neck. You got to raise money. You got to you got to get petitions. You got to do a thousand different things. And then you show up for the big debate. Right. And Kathy Hochul, by the way, our so-called governor, our acting governor, Acting, play acting, did not uh, show up to the first debate. She was at the second debate. But I feel really bad for uh, uh, Rob Astorino and Jamani Williams, who had to put up with uh, the shenanigans of Marsha Kramer and the other one. Now, this is a big thing. It's a debate. You know, the, the, this is a matter of life and death, quite frankly, literally. Let's not screw around. But what did they do last night? They screwed around. They screwed around. Uh, this is a no kidding question that was asked at the uh, Democratic debate. Uh, Cut 56, please. CBS Channel 2. Mr. Williams, what's your go-to karaoke song? Stop. Everybody understand that? Go-to karaoke song. Go-to karaoke song. And what is it, 1989? Who the hell does karaoke anymore? Is karaoke... Mr. Williams said, what the hell's karaoke? Nobody talks about karaoke anymore. Karaoke. Karaoke. All right. Actually, I'm going to try. I'm going to take a whack at these questions myself, though. Let's see. Cut 55. What did they ask here? Cut 55. So, Mr. Swazi, okay. Name one place from your childhood, one place from your childhood that you still wish still existed. There was a woods across from my house growing up where we used to make forts and things like that, and uh, they built a new development there. Mr. Williams. Uh, used to love going to Grenada to visit my grandmother. That house meant a land to me. It's no longer there. Governor. Crystal Beach, an amusement park uh, across the border from Buffalo that had an amazing roller coaster. Thanks. This is really helping me. Although, you know what? I think I would answer that question. Hmm. Nunley's. Who remembers Nunley's? 
in uh, Sunrise Highway. What was that? In Baldwin or Massapequa? That little amusement park. It was great. Anyway, uh, quite frankly, uh, that was a Democrat debate. I hope they all lose, although Tom Swazi is the best of that lot. Uh, however, I think on the Republican side, uh, right now, my favorite happens to be on the phone, Rob Astorino, former county executive of Westchester, and he's running for governor right now. The primary is June 28th. Uh, Mr. Astorino, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Gregorio. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, did you watch that stuff last night? You may be running against one of these guys. I did. I watched it last night. I, I DVR'd it, and when I got home, I watched it. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. I, I do like that the format at the end because it is, you know, you got to think on your feet and maybe shows a little, you know, a little personality there. I mean, I thought governor Hochul was just awful. I mean, she's just so pre-programmed, no personality way over her head. And uh, I do think Tom Swazi did a decent job. I did. I think Jamani Williams, I mean, he was kind of a one trick pony with, with gun violence, but um, you know, I thought he did halfway decent. Uh, ex. Well, it's funny. I you, I I did not like it. I thought it was a little bit. I mean, I know what you mean. I could look at it in both ways. Um, uh, but anyway, enough about that. Uh, hey, when's your debate? We got a debate coming up. Yeah, next Monday night on CBS. Same thing. And uh, Maurice Dubois and Marsha Kramer. I don't know what questions they'll ask us, but and, we're set. And Zeldin and Giuliani. All right. So everyone's listening. Uh, Mr. Astorino, go ahead. Make your case. Why you? Why you for governor? That's a tough question. I cannot answer that. I was not. I was not set for that answer. Hold on. I got to get to my people. <laughs> no, I think it is. Look, we we got one shot. If you looked at those three last night, we got one shot to win this, and and I'm the guy that can win it in November because I've had to deal with a very blue county in Westchester getting elected here when nobody thought we could, and I won. And then I governed as a strict conservative. We cut taxes. We we literally kept a $1.8 billion budget for all straight year, eight years. Nobody's done that uh, and cut taxes and dealt with all these big issues. And then when the Democrats on the county board and they, they hold the majority, when they went crazy, like making us a sanctuary county, I vetoed that. When they tried to arrest people outside abortion clinics, I vetoed that. Uh, when they canceled the gun show, I vetoed that. And we had the gun show, you know, so look, this is our one shot. We better have the, the, the most electable and trusted conservative at the top of the ticket if we're going to win in November. And that's me. And when I say trusted, it certainly ain't Lee Zeldin, who had his time in Albany in the Senate majority and gave us all this junk because he voted for all the Cuomo budgets and was a reliable ally for Cuomo. So I don't think he's the right guy at the top of the ticket. You know, as as I was, as you know, Greg, I ran against Cuomo in 14. We got pretty close. And I was calling out Cuomo for the corrupt thug that he is. And when I was doing that, I was kind of a lone wolf because Zeldin and others were playing footsie with Cuomo. And, and uh, when Cuomo said to jump, they asked how high. So um, that's the big differences, I think, between us. All right. Hey, by the way, you're the guy who discovered that the federal government is flying in illegal migrants into Westchester County and beyond. They're flying these secret planes, uh, privately, they're federally contracted private planes that are bringing loads of people from the southern border right here to New York. Uh, it's incredible. Nobody seems to care all that much from the media to the government. It seems preposterous. What can people do? Why isn't there more of an outcry? And just tell, tell me again, this, is, this seems to be totally illegal or at least improper. 
Well, look at it. You know, it, you're right. It's like nobody cares or paying attention. We have a complete open border. And we had two million illegally entering the country last year that got caught. OK, but it was catch and release. So they got caught. Then they were like, OK, enjoy your time in America. And that doesn't account for the hundreds of thousands or millions that got across the border on their own and weren't caught. But the, the crazy part is when they're caught, America, via Biden Air, flies them from the southern border to places like Westchester County Airport. And now when I had a press conference today and I was on your show on Newsmax last night breaking this to Stewart International Airport in Orange County. And um, and then they get two billion dollars in state money for cash assistance. They go in our schools and they have to be educated. They go in our hospitals and medical facilities and get free health care. And we, we, all the taxpayers, are footing the bill. And our government, including Kathy Hochul, gives us the middle finger and says, too bad. Uh, you can't do anything about it. And, um, and we're not even going to give you answers to your questions. And that pisses me off more than anything. You know, look, they're coming from all over the world to try to get into America because this is the greatest place. But they shouldn't be doing it illegally, and our government should not aid and abet them and, and incentivize them to come. And that's exactly what she's doing. And I'll tell you one thing. There's a law in 1951, Executive Law Number 8 in New York State, gives the governor the authority, and I will use this, the governor the authority to, re- to f- make sure that every, quote, illegal alien registers when he or she enters New York state registers with the state. So we know their whereabouts and background. I think that's the least that they can do or should be done. So we actually know who's going in our communities, but not all of them are bad, but clearly some are, and we've got a gang issue. We've got a drug issue. We've got a crime issue and we've got a tax issue and nobody cares from New York state from the governor on down or the federal government. All right. Well, look, since you didn't mind those rapid fire questions last night, <laughs> I'm actually not going to hit you with theirs, but I, I would like to you know, people to get to know you a little bit. Uh, where did you grow up? What, what, what part of the state? I was born in Mount Vernon and we lived in Westchester my whole life. We were in Northern Westchester in Cortland. And then really from fifth grade on, I've been in the town of Mount Pleasant. Uh, for my whole life in Hawthorne, Thornwood, that area. Where did you go to college? Fordham University. And what'd you major in? I broadcast journalism or communications, and then I had a political science and Spanish minor, and I speak Spanish to this day. You should you should speak Spanish more often. Yeah, I I I do. I'm sure you speak I, better than uh, Loa Stoyustad, uh, Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't yes. try. He doesn't even try. I would I would hit people with that a little bit. Uh, all right. And then what was your first job out of college? Believe it or not, I was doing traffic reports in a helicopter and plane for Metro Traffic. WABC was one of my stations that I would report on. Oh, no kidding. All right. And then yeah. finally, tell us your uh, your family situation. You got kids I take and married. What's the story? See, yo tengo una esposa. I have a wife <laughs> y tres hijos, three kids, um, a, a son who's in college and a daughter whose junior prom is tonight. I'm actually taking pictures with her in a little while and another daughter who is 12. So, you know, and two dogs. <laughs> Don't forget the dogs. All right. And your preferred pronouns? Yes. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> uh, I know you. You're a he-man like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Final words. Uh, it should be you, not them. 
And uh, are you okay with these other guys, Giuliani, Zeldin? You get along with them? Uh, you know what, what's what's going on there? When you're in the room together, is it going to be tense? I think Monday is going to be fun. I think it should be fun TV. It should be interesting, informative. I think people have to look at, you know, who can be governor, who has the record, who's done it, who's been through the fires and survived and won. That would be me. And uh, we do get along. Uh, But, look, I liken it to this. It's spring training. We're all trying to get to be the starting pitcher for the Yankees or the starting shortstop. And when spring training is over, that would be the primary. When those starting lineups are are made for opening day, we're all on the same team, and we should back whoever that is. Now, I have said that consistently. I will support whoever wins the primary. I have not had any reciprocation from the others, and I think that is telling. What? They haven't? Yep. All right. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, yes, that's the way it's supposed to be. Hey, we're all happy that Dr. Roz is the nominee in Pennsylvania and, uh, Dave McCormick has come out and said, I'm going to, I'm going to support him. All the candidates, uh, the only one who didn't say they were going to support was that, uh, Kathy Barnett. Anyway, I don't want to pull you into Pennsylvania. You got enough going on here in New York. Rob Astorino, we wish you luck. If you want to help the cause, it's robastorino.com, correct? robastorino.com. That's right. Feel free to donate or volunteer. All right. Good luck. The primary is June 28th. Hey, real, real quick, we don't do any of that silly ranked choice voting, do we? No, we don't. We do not, which is, yeah, I don't think anyone understands that. And nobody understands it. It seems totally corrupt, and I'm glad this is going to be go in, vote, leave, and we'll know hopefully by the end of the night that uh, we got a nominee. Thank you. Rob Astorino, best of luck. Thank, thanks, Greg. You bet. You bet. And we'll be right back. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we are back. We are back. We are back. I like that Rob Astorino a lot. Politics is tough. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to ask him for some pointers because, as you know, a lot of people are coming up to me and saying, Greg, you should run for mayor against Eric Adams. And I say, you think? And they say, yes, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. All right. Uh, what'd you guys think? Anyway, I got to get ready for the Newsmax show tonight. Chessa Bodine, uh, a special preview of the phony January 6th hearing, and uh, who knows what else could happen. Uh, let's go with uh, Natalie and talk it. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? I have to tell you the first thing that came out of my mouth when they asked that question was Nunley. Two yeah. seconds flat, Nunley. That's what I said, right? You heard me? Oh, come on. That place was iconic. I grew up in Hempstead, raised my kids in Baldwin. Uh, we were cried when it, when it left. Yeah, cried. remember that mini roller coaster it had. What town was it in? Was it technically in Baldwin? I couldn't, I wasn't sure. Greg, how could you not know it was well, Baldwin? I mean, I was, because I was five years old. I mean, you know, we would you go. Little. I knew how to get there. We would go down Grand Avenue to Sunrise Highway and take a left and. I was thinking, is it four miles, one mile? Was it right there? Was it in Massapequa, Massapequa Park? I didn't remember, no, but I know where right. it was. Yeah, Baldwin. 
yeah, right there. It was fantastic. That was the best place ever. And I have great memories from there. And I called because the woman you mentioned from that, whatever ESPN, that she, whatever she said, you know, I'm so disgusted with these people. How many things are we going to be forced to do? Is this America? You, why do we have to put on a badge for Pride Month? Fine, if you're gay, have at it. It's all fine and well. But I don't have to ascribe to wearing a patch. How many other things we have to pay for people's abortions? We have to pay for people's college. What happened here? What happened? And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is you're homophobic, you're misogynist, you're a bigot. And they do that to shut you up. Well, they're not going to shut us up, are they? No. We're not those things. We're not those things. And for them to say it. And the woman who, by the way, is pointing that out. Where's that crazy lady again? Sarah Spain. Listen to this. Pride is about inclusion. So you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. Shut up. Stop. If you're not willing to wear the patch. Now, I happen to notice that she wasn't wearing a patch when she was saying all this stuff. How's that for hypocrisy? And we're, we're going to judge people's hearts by what they're wearing on their sleeves. It's, it's, it's nonsense. And by the way, it's dangerous. Anyway, thanks, Natalie. How are things out east? Oh, there, it's beautiful. So talk, it is beautiful. I miss my old home, but this is beautiful here. I live very close to Stony Brook University, and it is like, um, it's like living in the forest. It's just lovely. So I'm enjoying it, and um, I'm right on board with you with reading the Bible and sticking with my God, and that's who I take my orders from. Natalie, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Let's, so uh, you. Uh, uh, Jay is standing by in Manhattan. Hello, Jay. It's me. Are you, Greg? Yeah. Yes. Okay, Greg. I have two very quick questions to you. First question. Uh, what is the educational background of Jubani Williams? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Let's take a look. Uh, Jubani Williams. Uh, he's 46 years old. Brooklyn College. He has a bachelor's and a master's. See here, you've been on hold for 86 minutes. Uh, you could have found that out, but uh, yeah, he went to Brooklyn College. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, why? What about okay. it? That's not. Is that now, is he second, not uh, not educated uh, well enough for you? Is that not enough for you? What's going on? What's the problem? Why do you want to know about that? Uh, no, I I just want to know if he's a lawyer. Um, not a lawyer. And so my next question is in the. Uh, Republican candidates yeah. like uh, Astorino and uh, the other two. Zeldin and Giuliani, yeah. Zeldin is a lawyer? Yeah, Zeldin is a lawyer. Giuliani is not a lawyer, Andrew. And uh, Rob Astorino, who we just talked to, you may have heard, he's got a bachelor's from Fordham, but he's not a lawyer. I don't know, uh, is that important to you? Uh, there are plenty of non-lawyers who have been fantastic uh, in office and plenty of lawyers who I have know. been, you know, it, it doesn't really necessarily matter. Let's see here. Let's go through it. Most politics, it's about half of them tend to be lawyers. Let's see. Who do we have right now? I, uh, Biden's a lawyer. Pfft, didn't help him. Trump, not a lawyer. Uh, Bush, not a lawyer. Clinton, a lawyer. Uh, Bush, one, not a lawyer. Reagan, not a lawyer. Carter, not a lawyer. Ford, a lawyer. Nixon, a lawyer. Uh, Johnson, not a lawyer. Kennedy, not a lawyer. Eisenhower, not a lawyer. Truman, uh, was Truman a lawyer? Uh, Yes, he was. Strangely enough, he went to law school, but he didn't go to college. FDR was, I could do this all night. Uh, Anyway, uh, what difference does it make? Greg, the third question is, most of the people who physically assault Asians are... Blacks, 
Why do you think that is? Say that last thing again. Okay. Most people who physically assault Asians are African-American. Why do you think that is? Well, it's interesting you should mention that. I had this guy, Kenny Shu on the show not too long ago. He uh, He's written a book called An Inconvenient Minority. And quite frankly, he's talked about the uh, the friction that you alluded to, the friction that has exist historically, existed historically between um, certain elements of uh, certain, a certain number of black people and a certain number of Asian people. I can't remember. There's some historical. There's some, uh, you know, uh, there's... There, there's some envy at work, he said. There's all kinds of things. It's inconvenient to talk about them. Hey, Jay, what's with all the questions? I mean, uh, all right, uh, what else? Okay, Greg, final postscript. Oh, Do you know that the patron saint of teachers is Saint Gregory? Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. I am a Catholic, and I know that. Huh. So what's the uh, significance, yeah. you know, me being a Gregory and you just giving me a quiz, which, quite frankly, let's I face it. I mentioned it because your, your name is Gregory. Yeah, I know. I know that. But, uh, hmm, I don't know. All right, good. And you gave me a little bit of a quiz there. And quite frankly, I did pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, it's Gregory. The saint for, for those who are hopeless. St. Jude. St. Jude. St. Jude. All right, Jay, thank you so much. Keep in touch. Hey, you want to hear this, Jay? One time I was down in the dumps. I had some terrible news that had come my way, and I'm walking through Central Park, and I got this huge problem, and I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of it, and I'm, I'm walking with my head down. It's only, I don't know, seven years ago or so, and I'm like, gee whiz, how did I get in this fix? And I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm, what am I going to do? And I look up for no particular reason because I'm definitely head down. I look up, and the very first thing I see is St. Gregory the Great. It said it on the side of a school, Gregory the Great. And what's interesting is it was the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And that school, St. Gregory's, I was named because my father went to that school as a young boy, grammar school. He liked the name Gregory, always did because of that school. And I was named because of that school, because he went to that school, Gregory the Great. It was one of those moments where you knew God was watching you watching over you, and everything was going to be okay, and it was such an interesting moment. That's my—but I did not know that about the patron saint of teachers. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you, Jay, and thank you. Oh, we got time for one more. Christine in Connecticut. All right, Christine, hello. Uh-oh, Christine put us on hold. That's okay. Uh, Tom is in Brooklyn. Yes, hello, Tom. hello, hello. Hey, Christine, are you still there? Never mind. All right. No, I, am. Oh. I am. I am. Greg, 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 Greg. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What's going on? This is Christine. Hey, um, Greg, big fan. Big fan. Watch your show. Love everything about your show. The, I'm, my blood is boiling. When it comes to having to wear a patch, When I, I turned on, I got out of school, I work in a school. I get in the school, and you're telling me that somebody has to wear a patch in order to show support for something. But what if I don't support it? Don't I have the right as free speech, as the First Amendment? I can say I don't support something without being penalized. I just, it just makes my blood boil. It just across the board. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> just, I had to call. It's un-American. It is fundamentally un-American. It really is. This is dangerous stuff, and they're doing it at a high level. Baseball players. What happens when, 
you know, what happens when the chief cashier at the at the store says you got to wear these damn things and you don't want to. Right. And you work at some place like the Gap. And guess what? Guess which way the Gap leans corporate culture. Right. All these woke companies terrified of boycotts, terrified of one comment on social media. They'll do anything to avoid criticism. To that, I say, go to hell. And to that, I also say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me to this spot where the criticism doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's actually part of the fun. I don't know what happened. Something just clicked, and it doesn't phase me. And when you get to that point, I'm telling you, it's liberating. It is so wonderful. And it's um, not for everybody, I understand and I wasn't always like that. Somebody said something mean about me. You know, I, oh, I, I try to forget. It, but not, not anymore. And uh, anyway, thank you, Christine. Thank you all. I got to go across the street and uh, get ready for the TV show. And it's such a privilege to do that. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you to you, the listeners, to WABC, management and staff. Same goes for the crew at Newsmax. All the best. Talk again soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.